Have you ever wondered what it's like to sit in on a magazine editorial meeting? Well, this is your chance. You're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, a monthly podcast where our editors, writers, and staff dig deeper into stories, chat with newsmakers, and talk amongst ourselves about arts, culture, food, music, politics, or whatever else might strike our fancy. After all, we are Utah's biggest fans. The Natural History Museum of Utah's fifth annual Indian Art Market took place Saturday and Sunday, October 14th and 15th at the Rio Tinto Center. The juried show, one of the museum's most popular events, brings visitors face to face with some of the country's most talented Indian artists and their work. We are so pleased and honored today to have one of those artists with us, Susan Hudson, a member of the Towering House Clan, and how do you say that? Kia'ani. Kia'ani clan of the Navajo Nation and a multiple award-winning quilter. This is Hudson's second visit to the Natural History Museum's show and um, welcome back and especially thanks for being here but welcome back to Salt Lake City. Well, okay. So um, I'm interested in how your career as an artist began. I know you grew up in uh, Los Angeles actually. You live now on the reservation. Um, did you have a strong sense of your heritage and uh, and the heritage of, of Indian art growing up? Oh, well, first of all, if I can introduce myself in the way that us Navajos do. Oh, that do. would be great. Thank okay, you very well, thank much. You. Okay, Susan What I'm doing is introducing myself and my clans, who my mother and my father is, and my, my um, paternal and maternal um, family and that way um, it has a lot to do with who, how we can greet each other you know our brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers but for me too it was kind of an easy way to do because sometimes the, the men would come up and I'd have them introduce themselves first and then I'll go brother <laughs> <laughs> because it places your introduction places you in your family context and we know who it's we not are. just mm -hmm. Mary Brown Maloof. It's yeah. like son of daughter, of, so they know who you are. That what a great yeah. idea! Then why don't we all do that? I wonder, because we don't know. No. <laughs> okay. Um, well, how I started quilting was um, out of necessary necessity. When we were little, we were dirt poor. I always say that you know we were so poor we didn't even know dirt was free. <laughs> you know. And um, so we had to sew clothes, and and we were we. That's how I used to do it. I learned how to sew by hand, and then from the, the excess fabric, we would make quilts because we needed that. But um, I'm I'm a quilter. I come from a family of um, weavers. Hostin Claw, he's well known. Uh, Mary Wheelwright in Santa Fe built a museum around him, but he died before um, it opened up. My um, grandma Jane Ba Foster or Hanaba, she was well known for her uh, rugs. Two Gray Hill rugs, and then my oh, grandma yeah. Marianne Foster. Um, sometimes I'll see her, her stuff along with Hostin Claus in museums, and um, she's still she's still alive. And so when I tell everybody who my grandma is, they'll like, oh my gosh, wow, I know yeah. that's what I'm doing. It's like, oh my gosh, I know we were all these all these names I do know. Oh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So that's where I came from. So um, I I didn't have the talent for weaving. I might. Grandma would always like um, guard the sheep or something, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, so I didn't have the knack for that, but I did start having the knack for sewing, 
And I, out of necessity, like I said, when I had children and stuff, they needed shoes, so I would make a quilt and sell it. Or, and then I, um, I knew, at the time, uh, he was just Ben Nighthorse Campbell mm -hmm. at the time, but now he's a retired Senator Ben Nighthorse Campbell, so I would make quilts for him. And so um, he started telling me, talking to me about my quilts and everything, because I was making the star quilts, you know, because I knew they would sell. And then he said, well, what do you really like? And I told him I like ledger art. I'm just fascinated with the ideal and the stories behind it. And so then he says, well, do something about it. So I said, okay. So I did make a, a, a ledger quilt, and I put the star in there, and then I put the horses, because to us Navajos, the horses did not come with the Spanish or with the European or stuff. They're part of our creation stories. Right. They're the ones that the yay, you know, when he travels the sky, that depends on our weather, depends on the horse that he's using. And so that's why I use a lot of horses and I use a lot of stars in there because in the morning when we go out there and say our prayers, we, and we always, we do it to the east and there's just a morning star up there. And then in the evening when we do our prayers, the evening star is there. So I try to incorporate everything, you know, and then I know that um, Navajos aren't the only one that, you know, for the horses, also the Cheyennes, my second mother was Cheyenne, so mm -hmm. that's where I learned a lot of different stories from. And so that's how I incorporated everything. Can you explain a little bit, because uh, listeners obviously aren't in the room and can't see the quilt that's in front of us. It's a, a Plains Quilted Star, which I think most of you can imagine, and uh, a bunch of galloping uh, outlines of horses, almost, almost ghostly, which are very reminiscent of ledger drawings, but I wonder if everybody knows what those are, and could you explain what those are? Okay, this is, I call this one leading my sister's home, or leading our sister's home. What it is, is this year's. Um, when, I, when I start doing my quilts, my show quilts, it takes about 18 months, and I start getting the dreams and everything, and I, I feel like I'm blessed by the Great Spirit that I have these dreams, and also the spirit helpers of the quilters. And I start having these dreams, I start seeing pictures, and then there's a certain part where I'm driving home, um, and then I start, I start formulating, I start seeing it, and then, so that's what I decided to do was this year, uh, what I'm doing is I'm bringing to the forefront uh, missing and murdered indigenous women since 1492. Wow. And so what I wanted to do was to show the story of, we don't know all the names of the women that are missing, and in the Cheyenne way, after you have started your walking on, you have four days left, and you go in spirit, and you've, you, you go visit who you need to and do what you need to do, and then on that fourth night, you go on to the next world. Well, sometimes the way that they have died violently, they haven't had time to have that closure. So, they have, so there's a spirit that guides them mm -hmm. to the next world. So on the star right here, I have the colors for a certain reason. I have it, the brown right here. The brown is for the Mother Earth, and the red is the blood that was spilt. And then the yellow is they're going towards, before that sun comes up, they have to be in the next world. And then in the blue right here is for turquoise. The Navajos believe that when you go on to the next world, you wear turquoise, because then when you greet it, they know you're Navajo. And so that's what I was doing in the abalone because for our changing woman. So that's the story I did, and I made it into a ledger, the ledger quilt. And I also, on the outline, is that the women of the spirits being led home. 
So that's what the story is. Blitz. And it's done all with the red uh -huh. for the, all the blood that has been spilled. So it's really a very sad quilt with a note of optimism. Um, where did you first see ledger drawings? Were you familiar with them growing up? I wasn't. Um, my second mother uh, was um, Phyllis Big Left Hand, and she was a Cheyenne. And so we would always talk, talk about different things, talk about arts. And she always says that, you know, when you pray and everything, and the Great Spirit opens the door for you, you take it. And so one of the things that we would talk about were the stories because she was a descendant from um, Custer and Sitting Bull. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, it was funny because uh, we got to that because uh, we were going to have a family reunion. She goes, you know what my family reunion was? <laughs> Everybody was like this, that, you know, their, their family. Oh, my family, we did this. And so then she was like, really? Yeah, yeah, we did this. So her grandfather put a chair, chair, in the middle of the room and told her, you sit down. And they started talking, and then she goes, you go look at your, your family tree. And then she, he goes, now fight yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so along with that, we started talking about the stories of, you know, the battle scenes, you know, everyday life, marriages, and then that's how I learned about the ledger art, because mm -hmm. she was talking about Fort Marion and how they were over there. So then, you know, I was always curious, but I couldn't find during those those years. I didn't, couldn't find a lot of stuff about it. Then I, you know, then it started coming out, emerging, emerging. Then I started looking at it, and I just thought it was just so beautiful. Is the stories behind it because that's somebody's story, as somebody's, her story, his story. Yeah, there are yeah. accounts of, of yeah. battles and famous yeah. events and, and so on. And, try, and yeah. I know you have a, uh, what did I read about? Oh, you have a famous ancestor who was part of the Indian wars that are often depicted in those. Yeah, Nar Narbonne. Narbonne. Uh -huh. Narbonne. He was one of our greatest chiefs, right. and he was killed. He right. Was, yeah, he was, he was killed. Right. So. <sighs> Quite a heritage, too. Um, now, a quilt uh, to most most of us, is not a traditional Native American art. It's something that was spread around by missionaries. That's mm -hmm. why there's quilts in Hawaii and quilts, Amish quilts and all, all, all that kind of, of thing. So I think it's an interesting uh, mixture of cultures just in the medium that you're telling. Uh, it's an entwined story already just by nature of it, of it being a quilt. Well, what I did well, when I was going through the, you know, trying to decide where I wanted to go, because I knew I wasn't going to be a silversmith. I knew <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to be a rug weaver. I knew all that, but I knew I could sew. Right. And so I started looking into the boarding school because I knew I wanted to do a boarding school quilt. And then I started noticing in the pictures that the little girls are there sewing. But then when you look at their bed, you don't see the quilt there. So I was like, what happened to the quilts? You know, so then I started doing a little bit m more research and found out some of them were being sold, you know, to, uh -huh. you know, and I was like, well, that's kind of like s slavery to me, child, right. child labor. And so I wanted to honor my ancestors by quilting to take in their, what their work was. Uh, I can't imagine what, what they went through. I cannot imagine that. And, you know, my mom, didn't want me to go through that. So I never went to a boarding school. But I wanted to honor my grandmas 
by showing how beautiful mm -hmm. that their their hardship and their tears and you know their their bleeding and everything was for nothing. So I always honored them with this. I always tell the stories, and when everybody asks, "Well, what did you get?" My ancestors. Right. Yeah. Right. So you grew up with all those, all those stories. We also have with us today Susan Ruhlman, who curates this particular show for the and uh, organizes it for the Museum of Natural History, the Natural History Museum of Utah, I should say. And um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the museum's collection of uh, Indian art and artifacts. Are there any ledger drawings or uh, what sorts of things that, uh, that you have? And maybe you can talk a little bit about your uh, experience with Indian art. Sure. Um, I'm not part of the curatorial staff, so I, I don't think we have any ledger drawings out on display in the museum. Um, we do have two beautiful exhibits um, in the museum, and one is a contemporary exhibit that covers the five tribes of Utah, and is a beautiful exhibit that goes through the more modern history of the tribes of Utah. And then, um, and so the ancient native cultures of Utah and really worth seeing and, and something that I would encourage anybody that's interested in this sort of thing to come up to the museum to see. Um, but I'm not an expert in what is in the collections, unfortunately. Um, they are vast, um, so there may be something there with ledger art, I, I don't know. So we do have November 4th and 5th, uh, a special event coming up called Behind the Scenes. The museum does it once a year where they open up the collections and the public can go in there. The curators and collection management staff are all back there showing off what we've got that the public can't normally see when they come to the museum. So you could go into our anthropology collection and check out and see if we have ledger art there. And in fact, I probably should do that as well. <laughs> well, that's fascinating, isn't it? To it see is. what the museum has that they don't show. And that's a, so. another really popular weekend at the mm -hmm. museum. Great, that's great to know about. So I'm a sewer. I used to make my kids clothes. I used to make baby quilts for people. I've got a battered old Bernina that I always have worked on. And so I'm curious about things like um, the fabric that she's used for these horses is, a, is almost tie-dye looking, uh, um, interesting different patterns of grays and model blues. It's not, uh, it's, it's, I'm wondering where you get your fabric. Oh, I go all over the place. That's where I'm going to go in a, in a little while to the fabric stores. But I, I like to use a lot of batiks mm -hmm. on uh, my horses because uh, it gives it movement in a way and it gives it the, the shadows and the valleys that it needs as a horse is going. And that way then I won't have to, you know, cut out pieces here, cut out pieces there. So Right, yeah. right. It does uh, against the solid background of black and the solid border of red, these batiks. Piece, horse pieces just really give an illusion of movement and depth and a whole different kind of dimensionality to this to this quilt that we're looking at mm. um, which you'll be able to see uh, online at saltlakemagazine.com will be I'll, I'll write up a piece about my interview with Susan and you'll be able to see examples of her work on our website so um, I love how this all sort of echoes together. Your, your introduction, 
of yourself, puts you in a certain context, mm -hmm. and that's what the introduction does. And these quilts also have that kind of introduction cultural context, because they're telling uh, the story of, of um, a people and a culture, as well as just giving you this image. Yeah, I wanted to do it so everybody can relate because I made a quilt last year. It was on, I call it the Walk of My Ancestor, and it was the first two, it was showing the first two years of um, the long walk. And I had sold it to a collector that um, at the Gene Autry Museum. Um, and when he was, when we were talking and negotiating, because my grandson is my business partner, so I was trying to get hold of him. <laughs> and so he was telling my granddaughter his story about um, he had been in the concentration camps. Oh. And so he was telling her that the reason why they like the quilt and stuff because they can change the clothing, they can change you know, the hairstyle and everything, and it related to his experiences there. Right. And so I, that's what I try to do is, I know when my quilts are good is when I put them up and I let people look at them. And if somebody cries, then I know they understand what it means. That's and then, you know, and that's, and um, if they ask a lot of questions, but there are some people that look at it and just like look at me and then walk away. Well, which is cool. You know, <laughs> that's okay. You well, know? art, the same art can't, can't touch everyone, yes. can it? Yeah. But, um, but yours is certainly moving, as I said before. So, uh, Indian art and history is a big part of the Natural History Museum of Utah's um, collection and, and purpose, and they do a number of events and exhibits uh, based on and relating to Native American art. And uh, Suzanne, you have another ex exhibit or show coming up, don't you? We, we do. In the spring, we do a Navajo rug auction in conjunction with Toatin Gallery in Durango, Colorado. Um, the Clark family comes up and brings usually around 150 rugs, and we do a silent auction, a display and a silent auction, and it is just a beautiful art show. I encourage everybody to come up and see it, whether you think you want a rug or not, but I promise you, you will find one that will speak to you. <laughs> And, and you may place a bid on, but uh, we do that and a um, uh, portion of the proceeds benefit the museum, which is really nice. Um, so that's our other one that, that I put on. Every October we do our Indian art market, of which Susan has been a participant in for the last two years. And uh, then every spring we do the Navajo rug auction. You can find more of, about Susan and her artwork at saltlakemagazine.com slash podcast.